So this surah, Surah Al-Anshirah, when he, as I was looking at the notes, you know, this really hitting me. This is a very beautiful surah. It's very similar to the previous surah, Al-Duha. Alam Nashrah is also revealed to console the Prophet Alam Nashrah was also revealed to console and amaze of the The background is that the non-Muslims of Quraysh, similar to what Doha, the non-Muslims of Quraysh were constantly making fun of the Prophet and the fact that Muslims, they were all poor. All the Muslims were poor and all of them were living difficult lives. They would say, if you are a true prophet, and this is a true religion, why are the Muslims going through so much difficulties? Why are the Muslims going through so much If this is a true religion, and Allah loves this religion, Allah loves this religion, then why is it that the Muslims are suffering? So like the previous surah, this surah was also revealed to console and Nabi and how to navigate through difficult times and achieve a peace of mind despite difficulties. Nowadays people talk about how common depression has become for the average person. This surah is an antidote for how to move on with your life despite many difficulties. How to understand and look at the difficulties and suffering from an Islamic angle. Similar to the previous surah, it teaches us how to console others. So the surah is revealed to console the Prophet because the people of Quraysh, they keep talking about the fact, the, fact, the fact that Muslims are poor and they're going through a lot of difficulties. That means Islam can't be the true religion. Because if Islam, Islam was the true religion, you wouldn't go through these difficulties. So, Alam Nashrah Lakasadarak. Have we not expanded your chest, O Muhammad? Alam Nashrah Lakasadarak. 
Have we not extended your chest, O Muhammad? This style, I'll ask you a question. This style of Surah Al Anshirah is very similar to Surah Al Duha. Meaning, anytime a Surah comes after, we try to connect, the previous, connect it to the previous Surah. How is there a similarity? So, in the previous Surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is continuing where He left off. Allah begins this surah by asking His beloved Prophet ﷺ a series of rhetorical questions reminding him some of the favors that he confirmed upon him. In the preceding surah, in Surah Al-Duha, the question was, did he not find you? Here, in the previous verse, did he not find you poor? Did he not find you? Did he not find you? In this surah, Allah says, Did we, Allah uses the plural form of we. He is a third person. In this surah, so what did Allah do in the previous surah? In surah al-duha? Look at the comparison of favors of al-shira to the favors of surah al-duha. And Surah Al-Duha, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He said, Did He not find you as an orphan and gave you refuge? Did He not find you unaware and gave you guidance? And He found you poor and He made you independent. He made you content. So all these favors that were mentioned in Surah Al-Duha are things that happened before and dealing with the present time. He found you in a situation and He made you like this. In Surah Al-Inshirah, Allah discusses the future concerns of the Prophet So in Surah Al-Duha, the past and how Allah showered His favors upon him. And Surah Al-Inshirah is going to talk about the future. One of the differences between Surah Al-Shirah and Surah Al-Duha is that in Surah Al-Duha, Allah is referred to as the third person. Didn't He find you an orphan and then He gave you refuge? And the Surah Allah said, didn't we open your chest? Didn't we relieve you of your burden? In the Arabic language, when you use we or nahnu, in Urdu we say hum. We say ham in Urdu. Ham means plural, we. But it's a form of adab. In the Quran, it's a form of adab too. Inna anzalnahu fi laylatil qadr. We revealed the Quran to you. Allah revealed it Himself. But using the plural form is a form of respect. But in this case, not only is it a form of respect, but it is a form of saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the Prophet. We did this for you, O Muhammad. We expanded your chest. We relieved you of your burden. In other words, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Alam nashrah laka sadarak. Sharhu sadar. You say in Urdu too. What is sharhu sadar? It means to my heart has found it acceptable. My heart can take it. Or, our heart is content with something. We just shut I am content now, I'm happy. My heart is okay now. So, oh Muhammad, did we not give you shara In other words, Allah is saying to the Prophet 
Forget what these people are making fun of you for. Regarding your lack of wealth and your simple lifestyle, we have given you the most valuable thing on planet Earth, and that is inner peace. We have given you contentment. We have given you a purpose of life which is clear to you that trumps everything. Rich people, famous people, comedians, even they committed suicide. Why? They had love. They made millions laugh. But what didn't they have? Inner peace. They didn't have contentment. They didn't have a sense of purpose. Why are we existing? Because we just... I felt like doing whatever I wanted. There's no purpose in life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the Nabi sallallahu by way of the Prophet he's given it to us. Inner peace and contentment is the most valuable thing on planet Earth. Ask the billionaires if they're satisfied. Ask, and ask the millionaires, ask the billionaires are they satisfied? No, they're not. They're anxious for more, they want more, they need enjoyment, they're not being satisfied. Their yachts and their private jets and all the money they have, they're not finding satisfaction. Because money will never give you satisfaction. Money will never give you contentment. Money will never give you inner peace. If a person works hard and really believes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that is planning everything for them, and everything is going in according to the plan of Allah, why would you worry about anything? In a hadith, found in Jami al-Tirmizi, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala al-Humah, he says, Kuntu radifan nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yawman. One day I was behind the Prophet on a camel. We were riding a camel and I was sitting behind the Prophet Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala al-Humah, he says, that the Prophet said, Ya Ghulam, O my child, inni u'allimuka kalimatin. I'm going to mention some words to you. I'm going to say some statements to you. Pay attention. Listen to what I'm about to say. Be mindful of Allah and Allah will protect you. Safeguard the rights of Allah that you have to, that you owe to Him and Allah will protect you. Tajibhu tujahat. Ida sa'alta fas'arillah. Be mindful of Allah and you will find Him before you. When you ask, ask Allah. When you seek aid, you seek help. When you seek help, seek Allah's help. Allah subhanahu the Prophet says, No, listen, pay attention. If all of mankind, if this entire ummah, and all of them gathered together to benefit you, they will not be able to benefit you of anything except what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already written. They will not be able to cause you any harm. If they all gather together and they intend to cause you harm, they will not be able to cause you any harm except for what Allah has already written. The pens are lifted and the pages have dried up. Nothing can change. Imam Shafi'i starts off his diwan of Imam Shafi'i his book of poetry and his book of poems. He says, Imam Shafi'i 
Imam al-Shafi'i rahimallah, he says, Dayal ayama taf'al ma tasha. Let the days go like they're going. Whatever they're doing, let them go. Watib nafsan idha haqab al-qadam. Make your nafs, your soul, your heart be satisfied with the decree of Allah. Do not worry about the incidents of what happened in this dunya because of the incidents of this dunya, they are not everlasting. The, the worries of this dunya, they're not lasting. They're not going to remain. They eventually will go away. With the meaning of this general expression in mind, Allah is reminding the Prophet of how he has prepared his heart to receive divine inspiration and illuminated it with divine wisdom and hikmah. In simple words, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the Prophet don't worry, I made you for this mission and I have your back. Allah has made us for the things that we go through. Whatever we're going to, لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا وسعها No soul will be overburdened with their responsibility. What you're going to, Allah has made you exactly for it. Allah has designed you, fashioned you, put you together because He knew you could go through this. And every calamity and every difficulty you go through, and every difficulty and every calamity you go through, O Muhammad وسلم, is because I'm preparing you for this mission, the greatest of missions. It also refers to an astonishing incident that occurred many times in the life of the Prophet It is proven through Sahih Ahadith that the Prophet extracted the heart of Al-Nabi and washed it with the Mubarak water of Zamzam four times. However, two are well known. One, when the Prophet was a young child, and the second, before the Prophet went to Al Isra al Mi'raj, his heart was opened again, and the surgery was performed, the heart surgery was performed, and the heart of Al Nabi was cleansed. In another hadith, Abdul Anas al Malik he says that Jibra'il the story that Jibra'il he came to the Prophet when he was playing with his friends. Jibra'il took him laid him on the ground and tore open his chest and took out the Mubarak, Mubarak heart of Al-Nabi and extracted a blood clot and he said that is the part of shaitan that he washed it with the water of Zamzam in a golden tub that he was joined together and placed back in the chest of Al-Nabi this is the most famous one so can either mean and refer to what the Prophet's chest was extracted and it can also mean that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the Prophet content meaning he's never going to have a worry and O Muhammad, we have removed you from you, your burden that had almost broken your back. Wisdom. Wisdom means burden. And the phrase naqdu dhahrik or naqdu zahr means to break one's back. So they both mean around the same thing. Wisdom means a burden, a heavy load. And naqdu zahrik means something that breaks your back. A heavy load that it puts on your back, or your back needs to bend a little bit to carry that load. So it's such a burden, that it literally it breaks your back. This verse is telling the Prophet ﷺ that Allah has relieved him of his burden that was breaking his back. But what was this burden? What was this heavy load? 
This is a very interesting discussion because there was no one more patient than the Prophet Most things that would enrage and, and would anger an average person wouldn't even bother the Prophet So what was this burden that was so heavy that Allah says it could have broken his back? There are some people who get a cold and they act like they have pneumonia. This is not an exaggeration, this is directly from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that this is something that could have broken your back on What is this burden that is referred to? One opinion is that this burden refers to the Prophet did some permissible actions. They were halal, they were jayas, they were permissible. However, it, were, it did not benefit him in the hereafter or it did not benefit his spiritual development. To an extent, it was not befitting a Prophet. And later on, it could have been realized that these were not desirable things. So the Prophet ﷺ was conscious of his high status with Allah and his close proximity to Allah. He even regarded these minute actions to be such serious infractions. It would bother him. When we love someone, even the small things feel like big deals. Any married person can ask their wives or the wife can ask their husband. If the husband even gives a face that he's, ups- that he's not okay with this, it bothers the wife, if there's true love. Will you love someone, even the smallest thing bothers It gives you anxiety. I hurt them, I hurt her. Allah, the Prophet loved Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so much. That if he even felt, if he even felt that Allah didn't like him, it would give him such anxiety, such pain, such depression. It is as if his back was How often do we commit sins and don't even feel it? How often do we commit sins and don't even feel it? This is due to lack of Allah's being bothered, there's a mother as well. Allah's watching me and I'm still doing it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the Prophet that he has relieved him of his burden and that a blanket pardon was granted to him and it was declared that he would not be held accountable in such things. Some commentators say that wizard or that burden refers to the effect of revelation. says, that the times revelation was so heavy on the Prophet that you could see the tears from his eyes and he was completely sweating. So some people say this refers to the wahi when it was being revealed that it was you know nerve-wracking and back-breaking task of having of, of bearing this wahi. Others say that it was the burden of having the responsibility of guiding the entirety of mankind. The whole of mankind, the burden of Hidayah, rests on the shoulders and the teachings of Nabi And that felt like a heavy task. Meaning, till the day of judgment, the last prophet, Khatim al-Nabiyyin, the seal of the prophet, the final prophet, was a Nabi And his teachings were the last in Qiyamah, Meaning no other prophet is coming to do this job. 
And it felt like such a heavy burden on Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that the people, the, that, that guidance is only in my teaching. And this was bothering the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It is hard enough to have the responsibility of raising our own kids. Imagine of having the responsibility of nurturing not just your own nation, but the entire world until the end of time. The leaders of this community have the burden of taking care of this community. The religious leaders, the imams, the board members, the community members, they have this burden and it's a heavy burden. It's a heavy burden. I'll tell you from personal experience, when I look at the Ummah just within my own city, my own locality, and I look at these youngsters and I hear these youngsters are leaving Islam, I hear these youngsters are going to public school and they don't care about this deen and this religion and they're being convinced by this religion that something that is lack common sense that if they were to just understand Islam properly, that burden is on whose shoulders? Our shoulders. Who will Allah last? Allah will last first. There was a child in your community, you knew that he didn't recite Qur'an, but you didn't cater to that child, you didn't cater to that mother, you didn't cater to that sister, you didn't cater to that youngster, you didn't cater to that elder, and Allah said that I gave you this responsibility, I gave you this position of authority, I gave you this position of leadership, what did you do with it? Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala, he says, he says, I wish I died when the Prophet was alive. Because now the entire Ummah's shoulders rest on my, the responsibility is on my shoulders and I don't think I can do it. The man whose name struck fears in the minds and the heads of the Persian, the dominant and the strong and the powerful Persian and Roman Empire, they were struck in fear and awe in the name of Umar radiallahu ta'ala and Umar radiallahu ta'ala said, I wish I had died in the life of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because I know if my good deeds were not enough, the janazah prayer of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would have led me to Jannah. But now I don't know if I fulfilled my responsibility properly. How did they fulfill their responsibilities? Sayyidina Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala when he was Amin al-Mu'mineen. Every night he would take care of an elder lady. One day Umar radiallahu ta'ala said he wanted to take care of her. So he went in the middle of the night to take care of her with the intention to take care of her. By the time he got there, she was already taken care of. Umar radiallahu ta'ala said, who did this? So one night Umar radiallahu ta'ala stayed there the entire night to see who it was. And it was Amir al-Mu'mineen Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. These were leaders. These were Umara. These were Amirs. They understood the responsibility. We will be questioned this, you know, the children and the youngsters and the people of this. You want leadership? The leaders are questioned the most. And on the day of judgment, if they didn't do their job, this is when I tell every leader to remember. This verse always hits me. وَقَالُوا They say, رَبَّنَا إِلَّا أَطَعْنَا سَادَنَا وَكُبْرَاءَنَا فَأَذَلُّونَ السَّبِيلَةِ O Allah, رَبَّنَا إِلَّا أَطَعْنَا سَادَنَا وَكُبْرَاءَنَا O Allah, we followed our leaders. O Allah, we followed our elders. وَكُبْرَاءَنَا We followed our elders. فَأَدَلُّونَ السَّبِيلَ They misguided us, Ya Allah. رَبَّنَا آتِهُمْ دِعْفَيْنِ مِنَ الْعَذَابِ وَالْعَنْهُمْ لَعْنًا كَبِيرًا O Allah, give them double the punishment. 
Oh Allah, they, got, they told us to do this. We listened to them. Oh Allah, give them double the punishment. Oh Allah, curse them with the greatest of curses. That responsibility was on the shoulder of the reason. So, O Muhammad, on your back, we have removed this burden. That burden that could break an average person's back, Allah says, I have relieved you. So, Allah is telling the Prophet, be cheerful that Allah will remove from him the load which was weighing down on his back. This is from Allah saying, Oh my beloved, oh my beloved, do not worry about the results. I will make sure that happens. You just put in your effort. A lesson from this ayah is that people tend to worry about the things that are not in their control. It is our responsibility to put in the effort and the results are always in the hands of Allah. This is a lesson that was taught to every Prophet From Nuh trying to convince his people for 950 years to the mother of Musa being commanded to put her son in the river. An example of this can also be seen in the story of Sayyidina Ibrahim when he built the Kaaba. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Ibrahim I want you to make an announcement, O Ibrahim, and I want you to tell people to come for Umrah. I want you to tell people to come for Hajj. Ibrahim والسلام, was confused. There is no one here, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, koi ya. Ya Allah, koi, there is no one here. It's a barren land. It's an open land. There is not one insan here. There is not one human being here, Ya Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and Ibn Kasir rahimullah mentions in the detail under the tafsir of this verse, وَأَذِّنْ فِي النَّاسِ لِلْحَجِّ يَأْتُوكَ رِجَالُ وَعَلَى كُلِّ دَامِنِ يَأْتِينَ مِن كُلِّ فَجٍ عَمِيرٍ O Ibrahim, your job is to make the call. O Ibrahim, وَأَذِّنْ فِي النَّاسِ لِلْحَجِّ O Ibrahim, call people towards Hajj. And I will make the people from the four corners of the world come here for Hajj, come here for Umrah. Ibn Kathir rahimahullah, he says, نَادِ فِي النَّاسِ دَاعِيًا Sayyidina Ibrahim والسلام, he went on top of the mountain and he told everyone that Allah is calling you for Hajj. Ibrahim والسلام, he even said, كَيْفَ أَبْلُغَ النَّاسِ وَسَوْتِي He said, how will I tell people to come for Hajj? My voice is not going to reach everyone. Allah says, نَادِي وَعَلَيْنَا الْمَلَاكِ You call, my job is to deliver. There was no Facebook there, there was no Instagram there, there was no Twitter or X, whatever it's called now. There was no Snapchat there, there was no TikTok there, there was no Fox News channel, there was no CNN. But I bet you the 1.67 billion Muslims on planet Earth, every single one of them wish that they could go back. Billions have received the call of Ibrahim والسلام, and billions have performed Hajj. And billions will continue to perform that. But when Ibrahim والسلام, started, there was no one there. See, the beauty of this surah is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the Prophet that I'm gonna make you famous. We're gonna raise your name high. The context of this verse is so important. Because this verse is being revealed to the Prophet at a time that his reputation is probably at its lowest. Ya Allah, what are you talking about? I have maybe 500 people who believe in me. My entire city does not believe in me. 
And I have been preaching this deen for years. But what does Allah tell the Prophet? You know, I was watching the, one of the reveals a few days ago on TikTok or Instagram, whatever it was. The Imam Muslim was asked who are the most five famous people. And they named the people or whatever. Number two, Isa, or Jesus Even the non Muslims are saying number one is who? Muhammad. Who, what's the most common name on planet Earth? Everyone wants their son named after Muhammad. There's no man more famous on planet Earth than Al Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So Allah is telling him at a time where his reputation is at his lowest. There's no social media like there is now. Yet Allah is saying, I'm going to raise your name. What does this mean? This means that Allah is guaranteeing the Prophet that when this is all said and done, your name will be revered, it will be honored. Do not worry about what these people are saying now. Lies fade and the truth stays. Lies will fade away and the truth will always stay. Oftentimes people get caught up in gossip and negative news, even about others. Sometimes even scholars and pious people, they think, oh, if he was such a good person, if he was such a pious scholar, if he was such a good person, such a good scholar, why is there so much negative news and rumors about them? If you look at most of the ulama in the past, they have been to parts of their life where they were looked down upon or negatively. Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, rahimahullah, was lashed and thrown in jail by his own Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah, was lashed and imprisoned by the Khalifa and his Imam Bukhari rahimahullah, was kicked out of his home, hometown that it led to him such a depression that he didn't want to live anymore. And when we say Amir al-Mu'minin fil hadith, who do we say? We say Imam Bukhari. Imam Nasa'i rahimahullah, was beaten to death by people who accused him. However, ultimately, Allah is the one who brings honor to their name, even if it's sometimes after they pass. Some of this ulama, the Mufassirun, say the meaning of raising the name of the Nabi وسلم, is that his blessed name will always be remembered with Allah and the symbols of Islam. When we say, La ilaha illallah, we cannot say, La ilaha illallah, without saying, Muhammad Rasulullah. When we say the Azan, we mention the Prophet وسلم. When we say the Iqamah, we mention the Prophet وسلم. When we start our speeches and the khutbah and the sermons, we say the name of the Prophet and an amazing thing about this verse is that it indicates the special greatness of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa The Lord of the universe is talking about ensuring that his, the Prophet sallallahu name and status will always remain positive. We are ordered to do the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here Allah is saying, you remember me so much, O Muhammad. I'll make sure people remember. O Muhammad, you mentioned, you remember me so much. You always are thinking about me, O Muhammad. And because you're constantly thinking about me, O Muhammad, I'm going to make sure that everyone remembers you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in a hadith al-Qudsi, and a hadith narrated in Sahih al-Bukhari. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that I am, as, I am just as my slave thinks of me. وَأَنَا مَأَهُ إِذَا ذَكَرَنِي 
And I am with my slave when he remembers me. فَإِن ذَكَرَنِي فِي نَفْسِهِ ذَكَرْتُهُ فِي نَفْسِهِ Allah says, if you remember me in your heart, I remember you in mine. وَإِن ذَكَرْتَ فِي مَلَئٍ ذَكَرْتُ فِي مَلَئٍ بِخَيْرٍ مِنْهُ If you remember me in a group, you remember me in a gathering, then I'll remember you in a gathering of malaika. If you remember me in a gathering, then I will remember you in a gathering of malaika. وَإِن تَقَرَّبِ إِلَيَّ بِشِبْرٍ And if you come closer to me by a span, if you come closer to me by a span, then I go one cubit near him. تَقَرَّبْتُ إِلَيَّ ذِرَاءً وَإِن تَقَرَّبْتَ إِن تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ ذِرَاءً تَقَرَّبْتُ إِلَيَّ بَاعًا And if you come close to me one cubit, then I go to the distance of two outstretched arms near to him. And if he comes to me walking, وَإِنْ أَتَانِي وَإِنْ أَتَيْتُكَ وَإِنْ أَتَانِي يَمْشِي أَتَيْتُهُ هَرْغِلَةً If you come to me walking, I come to you. Remember me, I remember you. And Allah tells us in the Quran too, فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرْكُمْ Those who remember me, I remember you. Those who thank me, I give glad tidings. Inshallah, there's only a few verses left. I'm going to try to quickly just try to finish it, inshallah. فَإِلَّمَا عَلْ عُسْرِ يُسْرَى إِلَّمَا عَلْ عُسْرِ يُسْرَى The poet, he says, إِذَا اشْتَدَّتْ بِكَ الْبَلْوَى فَفَكِّرْ فِي عَلَمْ وَشْرَى If calamities get bad, then remember Surah Alam وَشْرَى Why? Because of this verse. فَأُسْرًا بَيْنَ يُسْرَيْنِ إِذَا فَكَرْتَهُ فَفْرَى Allah says, فَإِلَّمَا عَلْ عُسْرِ يُسْرَى إِلَّمَا عَلْ عُسْرِ you know, taken everything today. And that is, Allah says, with every hardship, there is ease. With every hardship, there is ease. So in the Arabic language, فَإِنَّمَا عَلْأُسْرِ يُسْرَى There is no alif lam and yusra. And then again, Allah says, إِنَّمَا عَلْأُسْرِ يُسْرَى Let me give you an example of this. In the second yusra, there should have been an alif lam. So for example, in the Arabic language, or in English, we say there's a common noun. A man came. There's an alif lam, al-rajulu the second time. Meaning, a man, a man came, the man went. That the is translating Alif Lam. Because now the man is known. Before he was unknown. Ja'a rajulan, a man came. Dahaba rajulu, that man went. Now this man is known. Before he was unknown, now he is known. Which man are we talking about? The man who entered. So that second Yusra should have had a Yusra. It should have been, with every hardship, there is ease. And again, Allah is repeating it. With every hardship, there is that ease. But Allah didn't do that. Allah says, فَإِنَّمَا الْأُسْرِ يُسْرَى إِنَّمَا الْأُسْرِ يُسْرَى So the translation will be, with hardship, there is ease. With that same hardship, there is more ease. That is how you translate it. So we translate it, with hardship there is ease, with hardship there is ease. That's an incorrect translation. Because 
Al-Usra does have an ikhlaq. So it should be, فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَ With hardship there is ease. إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَ With that same hardship, there is another ease. مَعَه إِنَّ مَعَه مَعَه means something is very close together. If I were to say that I have the water bottle with me, I would say مَعَك It's with me. If I were to say عِنْدَك It means it's in my possession. It's not really with me, but I own it. I own it, so it's with me, but it, meaning it's in my possession. Ma'a means closeness. You know, we say that uh, Musa was in front of the river, and the people were like, oh, now we're stuck with the home behind me, and the river in front of us. Musa was he said, no, my Lord will guide me. Ma'i, he will guide me. My Allah is with me. When the Prophet ﷺ was in the cave with Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu he said, لَا تَحْزَرْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعِي Don't worry, Allah is with me. No. لَا تَحْزَرْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَنَا The religion of Islam is inclusive of everyone. Abu Bakr, don't worry, Allah is with us. Not just me. Musa Salaam just said me. But the Prophet is only two people. It's with us. Allah is with us. So the ma'am is close. So this heart, this Allah is saying that indeed with any hardship, there's a relief. Ma'ayusra. Right next to it, there's ease. Just need to be a little patient. It's right there. It's ma'a. It's not in that. It's not far. It's not you eventually get it. It's with it. It's connected. And how many times hardships and calamities ended up becoming a blessing in this case? I think we're going to have to continue from here inshallah next week but I'll end with this part right here. Sometimes people translate that with every hardship there is a twofold ease. Meaning with every hardship there is twice as much ease. However, that is not what this verse is saying. This verse is not saying two. Just because Yusra is mentioned twice, it doesn't mean double. The way that Yusra is came in this natural form, it does not mean double. It means manifold. Meaning with every hardship, there is many ease. With every hardship, there's not twofold ease. There's many ease. There is so much pain that comes from one hardship. All the brothers that are sitting here, the sisters that are listening, every one of us have gone through calamities. Every single one of us have gone through difficulties. Matter of fact, I give the best advice in those things that I have suffered. If I talk about the things that I was depressed about, that is what I can relate to others the most. I suffered that much. And that suffering and that calamity, I see so many blessings and it's countless. There are countless blessings and hardships. So Allah is not saying with every ease, there's two, 
with every difficulty, there's two E. Allah is saying, with every calamity, every difficulty, every time you suffer, there's a lot of ease that's gonna, it's gonna prepare you. Next time, nothing can bother you. Next time, nothing can get to your head. Nothing will bother you. Next time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made you more content in your life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and may we follow the teachings of Al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and may we live our lives in accordance to the teachings of the Quran and the sunnah of our habib sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Jazakum Allah khairan wa afri da'ala alayhamdulillah rabbil alameen.